Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Father God, just thank you for your word and your word is life, it is truth, it is our bread. And so Lord, we humbly commit it to you. And I pray, Father God, as we just like move on in this series and these thoughts that God, you'll overshadow us and that freedom will come because we've gathered and because we've broken bread together and we welcome your Holy Spirit in your name. Yes, amen, beautiful. Okay, who knows what tomorrow is? Very good. At Hills, they knew what it was. I don't. I hope there was an echo around the country. And by the way, hi to Bali. You're actually having a public holiday right now, but you're going to watch this next week. So I hope your holiday was amazing. But um, we gathered up and down the country. Okay, so tomorrow, March 8th, is International Women's Day, which is pretty incredible, don't you think? It is a day when the world pauses to celebrate womanhood and the contribution of women. And so you know what? We're certainly not a society, a global society that has arrived yet on that number. I was watching a speech actually on Sky News. There was some fancy, oh, I so should know, it was some fancy International Women's Day breakfast in the city. And this beautiful judge, again, I missed her name, but was actually bringing a beautiful um, uh, Uh, speech about International Women's Day and was actually saying that whilst the world is wonderful, there are so many nations and so many economies that don't really even have a foot in the door on some of the things that um, should be. And so this year, just to give um, a little bit of due diligence to International Women's Day tomorrow, keeping in mind that every year for 23 years around this time, we've actually had a massive women's conference downtown. But that aside, this year's theme, according to Catherine um, Thambaratnam, is to think equal, build smart, and innovate for change. Nice, someone said. Someone said nice. Everyone say nice. Okay, that is great. To think equal, to build smart, and to innovate for change. Hey, Laurie, by the way, can you jump in my bag and get my glasses, please, darling girl? Thank you. Amen. And I think that's amazing. And um, I was reading up a little bit and it's quite interesting to know, I don't know if you know the background to where this came from, but originally the actual true origin origin of it was 1917, 1917, which is nearly 100 years ago. No, it's more than 100 years ago. Thanks, honey. Everyone give Laurie a hand. She is my amazing um, assistant and she is so good. She is so efficient. Like, even before I ask, she answers. I know. It's like a special, special, special. Everyone say special. It's a special. Mother and daughter, and I'm not, I'm not jet lagged. I'm life lagged. I am, I am pending conference in the birth canal lagged. That's where I am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But hallelujah, we've got... Seven days to lose 10 kilo, isn't that awesome? (laughs) Not gonna happen. Um, As I've said on many occasions and many times across the years, I'm dribbling on here, (laughs) it's gonna be a chubby colour. (laughs) I mean, come on, we're women, aren't we? We always wanna lose a couple of pounds. Right, not happening. Yeah, despite fasting, what's with that, God? (laughs) No, I'm just rabbiting on here. Okay, what was I saying? The origin was in 1917, and it was in the Soviet Union, believe it or not. And basically, a whole lot of women rose up and they went on strike. Listen to what they um, went on strike for. They went on strike for bread and peace. Wow, I know, bread and peace. And then apparently, not long after that, the Tsar abdicated and women in Russia were given the vote. That's the original beginnings of it. So it's pretty fantastic, amen, in Jesus' name. But you know what? When I think about International Women's Day, okay, from our perspective, from our perspective, I kind of love that with God. Everyone go with God. Actions with God. 
Everyone actions with God, whatever that means. <laughs> you know, with God, I mean, really, every day is International Women's Day. Actually, because He is endlessly, He never ceases. There isn't a day where He isn't um, advocating for us, where He isn't interceding for us girls, where He isn't standing in the gap or having one of His beautiful messengers in life stand in the gap. There isn't a day where He isn't orchestrating plans to actually bless and to improve our lives. And so I actually love that. And at the end of this service, Again, because we are gathering, we are here because of cause in Jesus' name. We're gonna get, um, we're gonna stand and we're gonna take time to pray, um, probably quickly because I'm rabbiting on here. But we're gonna pray for the women of the world. I'm gonna get April in the city campus to grab the microphone and pray for all, pray that we're gonna pray together for women in the world. And then I'm gonna get Nat Pingle over in Alexandria to actually pray also for colour in Jesus' name and to pray for you. Is that cool? That's the plan anyway, and I see how we go. Okay, last week I started talking about um, these colourful threads, started a little series saying called Colourful Threads and all that stuff, um, the art of friendship, community and cause. And I took a little bit of time to actually talk about five strengths or benefits that I saw to this, to this reality, to the art of friendship, community and cause. They're actually very powerful words and um, incredible. So we talked about strengths, and um, benefits talked about. They're gonna quickly go on the screen just as a quick um, recap for some of you who are joining us today for the first time or missed last week. Basically talked about our blueprint and roadmap for sisterhood being trustworthy. Now you all know this, don't you? This Word of God is our blueprint. Proverbs 31 is our blueprint for womanhood. And then, because we can, the sisterhood book written... um, I mean, it took, like I said last week, it took 20 years to actually write the, to live this before we actually wrote it. This is a great roadmap. And actually, I've got a really funny story to tell you. Okay, a continuation of my ridiculous story and my children. So do you remember last week, I quickly told you how I met a college student and she was like, Bobby, Bobby, I've got your book. I've got Joel's book. And I'm like, what book? Joel's book. Anyway, she's like, no. And then she proceeds to pull into her um, backpack and she pulls out a sisterhood book and opens it, a sisterhood book that she purchased in the resource centre, brand new. And when she opened it, it had Joel's inscription in it. Basically a personal inscription from me to my son, telling him how much I loved him and how special he was. Hallelujah, love mum, hashtag fave. Lord knows how that ended up, my personalised book to Joel, how it ended up for sale again in the bookstore. And as I said last week, I text him and he was like, I have no idea, Mum. Okay, well, the plot thickens because last Thursday afternoon after sisterhood, I get a text from um, someone and they said, oh, Bobby, we were in the city campus rummaging through some old boxes and we found this youth Bible, okay? One image is gonna go on the screen. We found this beautiful youth Bible. And I'm like, wow, really? And then we turn to the next image and we discover, actually, the next one, it's Ben's. <laughs> it's Ben's Youth Bible. Um, and it's like presented to Ben Houston by Mummy. I'm thinking I wouldn't write that in March 1997. Beautiful, right? I've since looked at that and thought, I think he wrote that. Turn another page, it's beautiful. If if I I haven't got time, but if I stop and read them, it just makes me wanna cry, especially the one up the top here where he goes, I want my friend James Webb to become saved. It's a young guy that he earnestly prayed for, actually got the Bible here. Turn it one more time. Turn it one more time, and there's a prayer here. And um, I'm gonna read it to you. I'm gonna read it to you. Where did I put it, Lord? Hang on, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Oh, praise the Lord. What did I do with that? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't fear. I'm so organised. I have a spare. <laughs> I am anally organised. Is that possible? I don't even know what that means. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, I actually can almost read it from here. Can we just read it? Because it's actually powerful. Not together. <laughs> 
says, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that I'm able to have fellowship and a relationship with you. Thank you for an awesome time last night. This is at Summer Camp 98. Thank you for an awesome time last night. Um, and that myself and others could break away from what other people thought about us and just worship you. Lord, I pray now that this would not just die, but it will grow and spread and through all of us here, we would pass, on, pass it on and spread the fire, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would be, I pray that you would keep my heart open to hear everything you have to say to me. Lord, I pray for my unsaved friends. I pray that you'd help me not to fall into their ways, but I would be an influence on them. I pray that you would help them to respect what I have to say and would take it in and not just block it out. Lord, I pray now that you will just bless me and help me to grow in you. Thank you so much that we can openly talk to you, um, Lord, in your heavenly name, amen. You know, that's my son, my son in uh, California and, uh, you know, he's, oh, I don't know, he's 30 something. I can't remember how old he is. But anyway, 82, figure it out. But anyway, that's like, let's not underestimate what's happening in our young people or the prayers of our hearts or the prayers of their hearts and a revival atmosphere like we actually have in this church. But the story thickens because then I get a direct message from um, Nikki Seely. And she says, oh, <laughs> same day. She goes, Pastor Bobby, I was upstairs in the college library and I was rummaging, I think, in a box. And um, I found, I saw heaven is in this house, which is rare. So this, I wrote this a lot of years ago and it's rare to find these. They've been out of print forever, so they're rare. And she said, oh my gosh, a heaven is in this house book. And she opens the jolly thing. <laughs> and it's Jules. <laughs> it's Jules. And it's like November 2001, it's Joel, my gorgeous son, always and forever in my heart. Love, Mum. I do not know what is wrong with my children. So basically all we have to find now is stay the path. <laughs> okay, well, shall I pray? And that was a wonderful day at Sisterhood. No. <laughs> No, okay, seriously. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Blueprint and we're talking about Roadmap. And um, I talked about, back onto the list, guys, I'm talking, we were talking about how, um, you know, friendship community cores are actually three very compelling strands within the tapestry of what God is doing. We then talked about number three, we talked about um, these things being actual art forms that demand expression. Number four, please. We talked about um, these things are actually birthed in the God orchestrated collisions of life and then was there a five? And that basically they find their magic. These things, friendship, community, cause, find their magic within the diversity of our lives. That's what we did, amen? I also went on and I said revival is messy, which is why we need to actually prepare our own hearts and prepare the house together because they're gonna walk in the doors, so they're gonna be messy just like you and I were messy. And you know, we need to like strengthen ourselves and get strong in God and get equipped in Jesus' name, Amen. Praise the Lord. I also said that whilst, and everybody has been saying this of late, that whilst revival is personal, the fallout of revival will affect those around you. And I think that's actually an exciting thought if you are here and you have um, loved ones who are not yet in Christ, they don't yet know Christ. And I think that's, that's important because you know what? Revival in you will actually affect them. And I really truly believe, I truly believe that the quiet, genuine, heartfelt revival in your heart will leak onto them. It will leak onto them. It has to leak onto them because it's spiritual. And I'm not talking here about brass value Christian behaviour because brass value Christian behaviour does not penetrate anything. But gold value Christian behaviour does. When you pray, when you um, when you truly are praying, not I'm not talking about being weird and screaming down the house, you know, with your all your family who don't know Jesus. I'm talking about having an attitude and a spirit of prayer, um, demonstrating the fruit of the spirit with the spirit of God upon you. I promise you, it will penetrate and it will be felt. I don't know if I should tell you this or I've got time, but on Monday. Um, some people blessed me with um, uh, vouchers to have a facial. I haven't had a facial for a while, so I was like, I'll be in for that. All right, so 
I'm lying there and you know, okay, don't say this to sound whatever, but I lay there and then afterwards the girl says to me, oh, I've never said that, I've only, I don't think I've ever said this to anyone before. I can feel the presence of God on you. I know, I was lying there like practically asleep and like ready to do a snort, you know, one of those ones, you know. <laughs> I mean, there was, I mean, but my spirit was praying. I mean, basically the last few weeks, this is all I've prayed, Lord have mercy. Oh, Lord have mercy on us, Lord have mercy on us, help us, Jesus but she felt it. And I'm saying that to say, we get used to one another, right? We are in one another's presence, the countenance and the vibe from one another and the positivity and the hope. It's, you know, it's kind of familiar and normal, but sometimes when you get into different environments, it's not. And to be fair, this girl is actually a Christian and a lovely, but she sensed it. So her, you know, she was aware of that. Anyway, all of that aside. So here's what I want you to do. I want us to never get familiar or underestimate what, again, what is happening at the moment. And as everyone has been saying, um, Taya here, when she led worship this morning, she read from Isaiah and gave um, voice again to the fact that God is gathering and regathering. He's bringing people back. And that's been one of our prayers. I know in Cass's heart for a number of years, she's been praying that people would come back. People who have walked away from the things of God would come back. And so I want you right now, if you're taking notes, to write down literally on paper the names of people that you are believing to gather unto Christ, unto life, or to regather. And you don't have to get like crazy, just say like my husband, Tom, or my, you know, my, my nephew, Billy, or whatever, or my girlfriend, Carol, just write it down and let's believe and let's pray in Jesus' Name, amen? Amen, beautiful, you can do that. All right, I'm just gonna read to you for one second um, from my book. It's gonna go up on the screen again. Actually, I'll read it from the screen. So again, this is in the Sisterhood book in chapter 11, a chapter actually called Colourful Threads. It says, true friendship is uncomplicated. It may not be perfect, but, it is, but if it is pure in spirit, it will allow for the ebb and flow of life. It's generous, encouraging, and never competitive. It's not easily threatened and leaps to the defence or protection of those to whom it is loyal. It remains faithful in all seasons, is tested with the passage of time, and always finds grace to forgive when forgiveness is needed. It believes the best of one another and is undaunted when distance or busyness of life creates a widening space between that last coffee or shared giggle and the present. I write, I trust that I've always been loyal. I trust that I have always been a loyal friend to all the women I'm about to mention. I know I, I, know I am personally and eternally grateful for all they have deposited into my life. And I know that I am a stronger and better person for having met and known them. My world expanded when I encountered them and I know that their world expanded when they met us. My prayer is that as we engage the future and continue to scribe the story together, the Father will watch from heaven and smile. And I pray that the example we bring to those watching will be pure, Christ-like and honouring in every way. In that chapter, I then go on and I actually give honour, where honour is due to some of the remarkable women in my journey who actually helped in this greater sisterhood story. And so again, there are probably many, many, many um, more benefits and strengths than I mentioned here yesterday or, and, and yesterday, um, last week. But I thought we'd just take a moment and look at some of the obstacles and the complexities and the enemies that are also known to actually hover around and be problematic when it comes to friendship, community and cause, okay? So I just, this morning, I just wrote down the first three that came to mind, is that all right? So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Never being open to the adventure of new relationships is an obstacle. Leave it on the screen for one moment. Never being open, all right? Never being open to the adventure of new relationships is an obstacle. As in, never wanting to break out of one's own familiar or safe space, as in being content perhaps to be complacent, um, as in content to stay within what you perceive to be your circle of friends and comfort, as in content to live small. Now that might sound harsh. Some of those things might sound harsh, but nevertheless, at different times in our lives, they can be true. We can all feel 
um, the tendency when a new opportunity or a new adventure presents a new relationship to draw back. To draw back. So I, th- I say this carefully, but you know, a few weeks ago I received a beautiful invitation from um, a friend, a, a new person in my world, a woman of influence who, who doesn't necessarily come here. And she invited me to go with just a very small handful of her, I guess, influential friends to this very, very nice place in September. And I'm gonna be honest with you girls, for a split second when I read the invitation, the email, I drew back. I drew back in a little bit of intimidation because it was going to be a new adventure of new relationships and it was gonna test my waters a little bit. I drew back for one second, I felt intimidated for one second because it was outside of my circle, outside of my comfort zone to be honest. And then I went, no, hang on, that's ridiculous. And I lent in, but then when I looked at the dates, it's a hectic time of the year, so can't do. But you know what? We're all in the same boat, right? We all have this tendency, I wrote down here that solitude is lovely. Oh yes, how many love solitude? Probably all the young mums right now are thinking, oh, I love solitude. (laughs) Oh, solitude is lovely, but too much solitude is also not good for the soul. Too much, as in too much is not good for the soul. It's not good, too much solitude of the wrong kind is not good for your mind, your soul realm, your mind. It's not good for your thinking. It's not good for you where your emotions sit, alone all the time or whatever. And it's not good for your will to serve and to live in Jesus' Name. And the truth is we actually need each other. We actually need each other. We need fellowship. We need that beautiful Holy Spirit-inspired fellowship that actually is a sense of sharing and participation and partnership. The literal words, literally, literally the words of fellowship, and if you're at college, you'll be learning about this, is um, quinonia, amen, which means fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation, and intercourse. Obviously not that kind of intercourse. We're talking about the original form of intercourse, which was intercourse. Our courses are going to collide in a beautiful conversation, amen. <laughs> Our courses are gonna collide because we're doing community and life together. Amazing. And you know what? We actually do need each other. We do. And uh, we need each other because it keeps us grounded and it keeps us focused. All right, down, down here, having somewhere to go and someone to meet breaks you out of the self cycle. Okay, would you not agree? Having somewhere to go and someone to meet breaks you out of self, the self cycle. But if it's not like dealt with, self cycle can turn into spin cycle. You know, like a washing machine. Have you ever seen a washing machine in a crazy spin cycle? You know, and if we just take the analogy there, it's like, you know, if you've got a few loose nuts in life, if your fan belt isn't quite attached properly, ladies, you know, you're gonna go into that hectic spin cycle, you know, where the washing machine is like practically levitating and shaking the whole house and the whole family is like, what the heck is that noise? And the children, it's like, mum, it's mum and her spin cycle. <laughs> I'm joking. But you know what? Too much self sometimes leads to spin. Absolutely, and especially in a world, you know, where Isaiah, Isaiah prophesies of these days and it says these will, days, these will be days of increasing darkness, increasing gloom and increasing depression for, for people. And so too much solitude, not having a sense of connection is so important. You know what I'm doing today? I'm trying to lay some foundations that with time we can actually massage a little bit, get, get some gold out of. Again, having somewhere to go and someone to meet, it makes you get up. It makes you get dressed, it makes you clean your teeth. (laughs) Commitment is a good thing. Having a commitment, and I dare say, I've said it before, that possibly a number of you in the room today is Thursday's girls. Do you know what? It's been good for you to come here. It's been good for this to be your commitment and your godly Thursday morning habit, because if you didn't, you would have a tendency to implode, to waste your day and waste your time and let your mind take you in places that it doesn't need to go, right? So it's important, it's about habits. I wrote down here, Genesis, um, Genesis 2, 18, um, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. Now we know that that is in context of Adam and Eve. 
wasn't sufficient for Adam to be alone on the earth. It was, he, he needed a helper, he needed someone alongside. We understand that, but the principle works for all of us. It is not good for man or woman to be alone. I write down here, not everyone is challenged. Not everyone is challenged with the idea of um, connection or community or talking. Some people are very gifted at all these things. They're gifted at talking, they're just gifted at it. But many are challenged. And so by reason of just pastoral care, do you know what? I I actually empathise and I wanna empathise with those of you who actually find it quite challenging to walk into a room or to actually enter a conversation. I I wanna encourage you. But I also wanna say sometimes the issues that make these things difficult are actually issues in themselves. They're actually indicative of greater issues or issues that need to be dealt with in our lives. For example, you know, our our self-worth might be under threat. Self-worth, everyone says self-worth, it's quite a tongue tire. Or our confidence or our boldness. Do you know, it's one thing to be confident, it's still another thing to be bold with your confidence in the most gracious way. So do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm confident, I'm extremely comfortable here with you girls, but I have to actually stir up the gift within. I have to stir up a godly boldness to actually step into next week and do it again. Because I have no delusions of grandeur. And I'm like, what the heck, God? Thousands and thousands and thousands of faces looking back hungry And it's not all about me, I get that. There's a huge and a marvellous team around us and we're in this together, but I still have to stir that up. So intimidation comes in all forms, doesn't it? And the truth is we've all actually been there and we've all got stories to tell, like I just told you a story. And I just wanna say that if this resonates with someone in the room today, that you do feel that intimidation, you do feel that whatever. I just wanna remind you, can I remind you? And the Lord, can I remind you that you are worthy of inclusion and that you are worthy to be welcomed and you are worthy in the room. You really are. And again, my prayer, my constant prayer for us is that sisterhood will be a welcoming oasis where we will have eyes to notice the girls who are perhaps on the fringe. Ha <laughs> ha, there you go. We'll notice the girls who are on the fringe. Um, and we'll have the wisdom to navigate those girls who are struggling with that. And again, I think we've all been that. And, you know, as I say that, I'm just gleaning over stuff here, but, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't actually mean that we automatically become everyone's bestie. Because, you know, friendship is organic. It can't be forced. There's room for all of us to find our rhythm with people and our connection and, and you know, what have you. And, you know, as, but as Brian says often of our church, he says, hey, in a big church, everyone can find a friend. And that's actually true, right? So these are things for us to be mindful going forward. Um, I wrote down here, adventure, adventure means that you have to venture. <laughs> you have to venture. It means to, you have to venture into something, adventure. It was funny, but um, this time last week, Noodle, um, Nicole Noodle and I were working on the finishing touches to the 2020 um, invitation, which is gorgeous, by the way. It's gorgeous. <laughs> this is lovely. I love it. Thanks. Let's just skip 19 and go to 20. No, I'm joking. I am so joking. All right, praise the Lord. But on the back of it, you know, as you would doing, um, you know, I don't like the word promotional, but literature that helps people track themselves. Um, On the back, down the bottom, it's like you would put, um, go online for more information and then you have the conference website. And I just said to Noodle, hey, let's not do go online. Let's, Let's write venture online. Venture online, you know, to colorconference.com for more information. And strangely, you know, that wasn't just a word. Like, let's do a different word. I actually, in my spirit, I'm always thinking, by the grace of God, this is gonna find its way into the hands of someone who doesn't understand, and they're gonna flick it over and they're gonna look at the bottom, and instead of just saying, go, go online, um, you know, we're gonna say venture online. Go and have courage to venture, because there's gonna be women and people out there in our worlds who don't yet have the courage. And they're like, oh, I wanna, I feel it, something's going on, I'm missing out, ah, ah, you know, and then they're gonna, 
Like they need courage to venture and we need courage to venture. The second thing this morning that came to mind when it comes to complexities and what have you, I reckon holding on to old wounds. Everyone say old wounds. Uh, when you have been hurt by someone is an obstacle. It is an obstacle. So again, an obstacle as in you, you are fearful. Well, listen to me, you are fearful to risk the memory of being hurt, to risk the memory of it because you were hurt somewhere back here and you know what? You may have dealt with it or you know, mostly dealt with it, but sometimes you, like the memory flicks you. The, the memory sends you down a track. And so sometimes holding on to those old wounds actually is an obstacle to all of this beautiful stuff that we're talking about. Or, you know, fearful to again risk being hurt, to, be risk, to, to risk being hurt again. And I think, big picture, I think forgiveness is such a huge component of the landscape of community and cause. It's such a huge landscape. And I think if we stop and we think and use our imaginations, okay, the landscape of, of healthy community um, is actually full of people who have forgiven. So I'm talking about healthy community life, a healthy church. It is full of people who have forgiven. They have forgiven one another and they have chosen to move on together. Okay, they haven't, cho- um, they haven't like, chosen necessarily, necessarily to forgive and then like take off or leave or not forgive and just leave. No, they have actually learned what it is to forgive in Christ. He gives us the capacity to forgive. I don't think on our own we have the capacity to forgive, but in Christ, He shows us how and He enables us. And then you know what? They have moved on together. And I think it's actually important. I think it is a fact to say that um, human beings bruise easily. We bruise easily and we just do. So again, healthy community, it's about forgiveness and moving on. So again, sweetheart, anyone listening of by chance this ever makes it to a channel program, do you know if you're sitting there and you've been hurt and you're broken, I just wanna encourage you with everything that I have to actually forgive. Like forgive them, just forgive them. You know, Scripture teaches us that if you hold on to unforgiveness, it will hold you in prison. The only person that gets hurt is you. They move on, they couldn't give a rip and you remain wounded on the ground. So forgive them in Christ, forgive yourself for being vulnerable, no condemnation and then move on, amen. You know, in Genesis chapter 3.15, it records this whole account where there's the fall of humankind, the stuff up and then God lines the man, the woman and the serpent together and He speaks to them. He speaks to the man and the woman and then He speaks to the woman and the serpent. Okay, remember that? And the Lord says to the woman and to the serpent, I'm gonna put enmity or hatred between you because serpent, her offspring, what is gonna come out of her life being the Christ, amen, he is gonna crush your head. Serpent, you're gonna attempt to bruise his heel and that is all that you will do. You will bruise his heel, but he is gonna crush your head. Okay, listen. (laughs) A crushed um, head, a crushed cranium. Is that what a head is? A skull. Not easy to recover from. But you know what? Bruises, they heal. I mean, they actually heal. Given time, they will heal. And a bruise, you know, in simplicity, a bruise is actually an infliction or a trauma that has caused blood vessels or blood to come to the surface. That's what a bruise is, in case you didn't know. That big black thing on on you, it's blood. It's come to the surface, broken blood um, vessels or what have you, okay? So I suggest, okay, blood that has come to the surface because of friction or trauma, I suggest we take the blood of Christ and we bring it to the surface and we get the blood of Christ moving and working on our injuries and our bruises in Jesus' Name, amen. And you know, that might take on our part a little bit of devotion and seeking God. It might take you stirring up the habit or the beautiful habit or the discipline rather of taking Holy Communion yourself. 
You know, I got a letter from J. John. Remember J. John? Beautiful. I know he's so sweet at the moment. He just keeps sending me these lovely, encouraging emails and texts from <clears throat> England. And he said, um, he said, Bobby, because, you know, he must have heard that I had injuries, aches and pains. But I'm actually quite good, girls. So don't, don't fret. I'm actually feeling really strong and good. Praise the Lord. But he's like, he was encouraged me, encouraging me to take Holy Communion as a daily. He said, in the, even in the lead up, the Lent into Easter. So I wanna encourage you in that, amen. And then the third thing I have, I've got five, six minutes. I reckon being bound by insecurities is an obstacle. And so of course, we've kind of been talking in, in circles around this, but before I was talking about holding on to things, well here, it's like there's a slight difference, being bound. You can hold on to stuff, but yeah, you know what, actually, if you let it go, you let it go. But you know, to be bound by something is a different kettle of fish. And so I think these are, these are important things for us to think about and to be wise in, amen? You know, um, I think the human personality is complex. I mean, it just is. Just look at the girlfriend beside you and go, sweetheart, there is nothing complex about you. You are the most amazing person I have ever met. You have, no, you have no baggage, you have no drama. You are the most spiritual, oh my gosh. I can barely cope, the presence of God on you is so amazing. No, right, yeah, would you not agree? The human personality is complex. And like big picture, you know it to be true. We have strengths and we have weaknesses to work through, to find redemption in. And basically, from my, like, I'm a simple girl. Basically, our weaknesses that we all have, our weaknesses need to come under the blood of Christ, like I just talked about, and the Word of God. If you get those weaknesses under the blood of Christ, a revelation of who He is, and this Word, you'll be okay. And then our strengths, we all have strengths, but our strengths also have to be redeemed and developed and matured and breathed upon by God. Do you know, I was the shyest little girl I was the shyest little girl growing up. I was a shy teenager. I was actually a, quite a shy, retiring young woman. I felt so intimidated. I was intimidated by everything. But then you know what? Life is about growing up. And life is about moving past that stuff. So yeah, that was my story and that's who I was. But you know what? I moved past it. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to move past, to grow together in the things of God and truth and move past some of the things that hold us back. Because imagine, imagine if I, have, if I, if I, never, if I had never overcome the fear of the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Next week wouldn't be happening. I mean, imagine if I'd never gotten over that. And I still don't quite like the sound of my voice sometimes. Just gone from high, 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 <laughs> decibels <laughs> to lower. But um, who cares? Like, we've got to get over these things in Jesus' name. Imagine if Darlene Check, okay, blast from the past for us, but beautiful Darlene, pastoring up the coast and doing a great job. But imagine if Darlene had never got over her intimidation to lead worship. Imagine that. I mean, I've told this story many, many times and it's one of my favourite memories of Darling. Basically, we're in the Hill Centre a thousand years ago, okay, and I'm in the backstage in the curtains for some reason. That was the way in and out, I don't know. Anyway, and I find Darling in the shadows, in the shadows. Basically, she's right over here in the shadows and she's doing this. Good morning, church. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to church. And then she's like... Welcome to church. Good morning. Let's, and she's, and I'm like, what, darling, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just, I'm just, I'm nervous. I'm just rehearsing how to say good morning and welcome to church. I mean, there were like 1,500 people in that venue back then, not thousands of people in a stadium. And I just remember looking at her and thinking, oh, dear Lord, there is no hope for me. <laughs> if, if Darlene Check, if princess, worship princess is like this, no hope. Imagine if I'd, imagine if I'd never graduated past um, the intimidation of, of Brian's highly opinionated family. <laughs> imagine that. I mean, they're lovely people, but they are so opinionated. And you know, when you're young and you're shy, 
Like I used to just cower in a corner and say nothing. And even if I had have said something, they wouldn't have listened to me because they were just on their rabbit trail of like opinion. So yeah, and some of you are the same, right? You've got situations that intimidate you. I'm gonna grow past that. I'm gonna get the team to come and join me. You know, I think there are, just to conclude and to, I guess, set up the weeks that are ahead, especially post-colour. But, you know, there's no end of strengths and benefits and there's no end of, um, you know, obstacles and complexities, like I said, and enemies to all these beautiful things, um, to healthy relationships and what have you. And so, again, I am really kind of hopeful that, um, again, post-colour, the girls will, um, will take some of these things and more and they'll flesh them out and they'll break them down and they'll have some fun with them because I'm, I'm, I'm sure that we'll have fun and it'll be amazing. And I think if we do that, um, we're gonna set up the future beautifully, not only in our own realities, but for the generations to come. Do you know, Indy Douglas, Indy Bo Douglas um, is nine years of age. She's the daughter of JD and Lauren Douglas. She's beautiful. And we've done this little, I'm not gonna give it away, but we've done this little thing um, for colour. It's just a little, little fun thing. Um, and actually, in all truthfulness, it's Laura's idea. She came up with that beautiful idea. But in it, um, I was watching it yesterday, and I, I, I just watched Indy say two things. She said, um, first, she said, nine, nine years of age, she said, I'm, I'm so not afraid to public speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm so not afraid of public speaking. And then she said, and, and actually, I can really stand up for myself. Ah, happy International Women's Day. <laughs> I'm not joking. And um, it was beautiful. And I, I just watched it and I actually smiled. I laughed. I watched it about three times. I just laughed because I was like, that is actually the fruit of healthy friendship, community and cause. That is the fruit of the children. And then um, I see JD on Instagram pop this picture up for us. And so... Um, <laughs> He's, he's, there he is with Indy. He's currently in Ghana. I can't keep up with all these people. He's in Ghana advocating with compassion. And so there he is, he's got his little girl. And um, I love this woman down here, Wendy Beach, Beachwood, who's, uh, um, she manages, or she looks after Compassion UK. And I thought, far out. And Indy's gonna come back from that and she's gonna be changing the world. She's gonna have all the children on her heart and she's gonna change the world. Do you know what, um, unlike Indy Douglas, I, I didn't grow up in church and I didn't grow up in sisterhood. But um, I did grow up going with my mum every first Wednesday of every month to what she and her friends called Girls' Day. None of us have ever talked about this. So we went to Girls' Day and it was mum and her girlfriends. And um, my mother had me when she was 43. So um, all her friends' children were older and their mum had me, this little sort of prescribed afterthought. And so I was, the only, I was the only one that went to Girls' Day because they were probably all at school or at work. And I would just be this little tot who would go along and be happy to sit at my mum's feet and colour in and entertain myself. And uh, when I think back to my mum's tradition of Girls' Day, they would rotate house. So every month it would be someone else's house. They would do lunch together. And they wouldn't yak away like women do. Yakety yak, yak, yak. Um, I don't actually remember gossip. There probably was some, but I don't remember it. Right now, listen to me. I don't remember gossip. What I do remember is my mum and her girlfriends. And it was powerful. And I sometimes wonder, because you know, now I'm emotional, I sometimes wonder if some of the seeds of sisterhood were not sown back then sitting on the floor, listening to my mum and her beautiful friends share life. Which makes me think, who knows what's actually happening in this environment. So I wanna actually champion and, and applaud the girls who come here with your children and your little ones. They're watching, they're seeing everything. It's gonna be a great fruit, amen. Do I have time to read to you from Psalm 103? I don't know if I do, I've got five minutes, we can make it happen. Psalm 103, I believe is full of culture that is so perfectly sisterhood. Let me read it to you. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord on my soul and all that is deepest within me, bless His holy name. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord on my soul and forget not one of all His benefits. 
who forgives every one of your iniquities, who heals each one of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, strong, overcoming and soaring. The Lord executes righteousness and justice, not only for me, but for all who are oppressed. Is that not the culture of sisterhood, of church, forgiveness, healing, redemption, that which beautifies, dignifies, crowns, that which satisfies, that which causes us to be strong and overcoming and soaring. And then of course, inclusion of the oppressed. And so verse seven says, excuse me, he says, He made known His ways of righteousness and justice. And the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy and loving kindness. Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Verse 13, as a father and loves and pities his children. So the Lord loves and pities those who fear Him with reverence, worship and awe. Verse 14, for He knows our frame, girls. He knows our frame. He earnestly remembers and imprints on His heart that we are but dust. But the mercy and loving kindness of the Lord are from everlasting to everlasting upon those who reverently and worshipfully fear Him and His righteousness is to children's children. Verse 19, the Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His commandment in this room, hearkening to the voice of His Word. Verse 21, bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, all you His hosts, all you ministers who do His pleasure. Verse 22, bless the Lord, all His works in all places of His dominion. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul. In Jesus' Name, by the grace of God, that is gonna be our constant and our constant culture. Do you believe it? Amen. All right, stay with me, all locations. April, April in the city location, city campus. You are gonna quickly pray. We're gonna pray together. You're gonna lead us in prayer for the women of the world. Short, precise, to the point, effective in Jesus' Name, amen. Lead us, darling girl. Amen. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to stand in the gap for women this morning. And as a sisterhood, we stand together and we ask God for Your Name to be declared over every woman, over every businesswoman, over every woman at home. We declare boldness, confidence, the goodness of the Lord. We pray for influential women in our city, that they would rise up. God, women all around the world would know You and turn to You. We commit them to You in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen, beautiful. It's Nat Pingle there in Alexandria. Beautiful Nat, pray for the delegates. Pray for the delegates coming to conference this week for their week leading into conference. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank You for this incredible watering hole that is colour. God, You've called us to be daughters of the light. You have called us to be daughters of the dawn. And I thank You at the beginning of time when You spoke light, the lights went on for people, the lights went on for us, the lights are going on this week for Your daughters. Father, I thank You for what You are doing. You are preparing hearts this week. You are preparing lives this week that their hearts would be open to all that You are doing, Father God. And I thank You that there would be a revival that spills out from this nation, across the nations of this world. Father God, we thank You for what You are doing. You are stirring within us, Lord, a fire and a passion to serve You. So we thank You. It's an honour, Lord. And we want to honour You with this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, girls. You look beautiful. Time has escaped us. So I'm going to actually release everybody to go local. Amen. You all go local and you know what to do at the end. Have fun at the clothes swap as well. But attend to what's important right now. And can I just talk to the room here? Can I just ask everyone just to close your eyes? And do you know if a friend has brought you today or you've wandered in or, you know, I don't know what your story is, but right now, if you're really honest with your human heart, you are not in a great place of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not at peace with God. You are hungry and you are searching for more. And I wanna give you an opportunity to actually respond and open your heart and go forward from today. It's a simple prayer. The bottom line, Christ came. The world was broken, it was lost. It was perishing with this great divide called sin and independence. The whole world needs a Saviour. 
Everyone needs a Saviour. And Jesus came and He took the price for us. He paid the price. He redeemed our lives. And He offers to every man, woman and child on the earth today the gift of salvation through Him. His blood shed for us. I know sometimes it's hard to understand. But what you might understand is if your heart is beating, And what you might understand is if your heart is distant and you're struggling and you're fearful and you have no peace and you're wondering, is there more to life? And I wanna say, yes, there is more to life. His name is Jesus. There is a beautiful Father in heaven who adores you, who has always been committed to you. He has one only Son whom He sent to die for us so that none should perish, but all should have eternal life. And there is a Holy Spirit who is at work in this world drawing men to salvation. And if you would like me to include you in this room today in a prayer where you can actually find peace yet again with God or come near for the first time, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer in your heart of hearts. It's personal, it's yours. So we're gonna all pray it together. And if it's you, you pray it with um, sincerity and God will hear you, amen? Girls, let's together do this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You that You love me and that You sent Your Son Jesus to die for me. Lord Jesus, I open my heart to You. I may not understand everything, but I choose to respond to Your love. I ask You to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin, of doing life my own way. I lean into You. And I thank You, Lord, that Your Word says that if I am found in You, I am a new creation, my past is forgiven, and I have a bright future. So thank you, Jesus, for salvation. In your name, amen. Perfect, well done. Well done, praise the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.